How we doing? Joe, there's quite a bit of excitement going on. <laughs> what a week, man. I am headed to the Open tonight in New York City. Man, that's going to be fantastic. Looks like it's been a great atmosphere so far. I, oh man, I can't wait to hear about it. I've got 7 o'clock, Arthur Ashe. I'm really curious to see who we end up seeing, if there's overlaps, if I get to go to the outer courts and see who's – if they're even still playing on too many outer courts at this point in the tournament. Um, and to have Ooh. one of those passion fruit drinks or whatever. Yeah, the honeydews. Honeydews, yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking at the schedule. Are, are you uh, – it might be Zverev Center. That would be a hell of a match. be pretty solid. Um <laughs> When does Sabalenka play? So they are at six. The Kazakina Sabalenka. That's that's a heck of a match as well. So you could kind of see that getting pushed, you know, as as things take longer. Right. Um, and there's excitement on your end as well. You, you're maybe you have more money today than you did yesterday, depending on how many plans <laughs> you had. Uh, this is possibly the best betting weekend of my life. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I did not leave my couch yesterday other than to eat. I pretty much did the same thing on Saturday, just betting, <laughs> betting tennis and college football. Had a, had a heck of a weekend. Uh, the icing on the cake, the, the creme de la creme of my weekend. I, I did uh, – I put my money where my, where my mouth is for once. Put 25 bucks on Ostapanko to beat Iga. It was plus 550. Big win for me. Enormous. And you're right. Anybody who's been listening to the podcast knows that you've been calling for Ostapenko <laughs> for quite a while. You said she's got what it takes. And now, if you haven't been listening to the pod, you're, you're Googling, oh, Sviatek lost? What happened here? Who's Ostapenko, right? Mm-hmm. So Ostapenko is now 4-0 against Iga Lifetime. They've only played four times, and she's four and zero. So she's cracked the Ega code, uh, and we'll we can uh, dive deeper into this match later in the episode. But this is one of my favorite matches of the week so far. Uh, yeah, and the, the ironic thing is, whenever we do our uh, our under the radar value picks, I feel like I've picked Ostapenko like every tournament except this one. So, <laughs> so that's <laughs> so I got that going for me. Well, but, uh, her game is such that um, she basically tries to only hit winners. She just slaps the ball. Exactly. She goes for all power. She actually hit one drop shot in this match, and like the broadcast team, like collectively, all like gasped. And like, because <laughs> she's normally going for power, like hitting hitting deep shots toward the baseline. She actually missed the drop shot. Uh, <laughs> but the the thing about that is like. I mean, if she's if she's having a bad day, if she's off, she's gonna hit. Uh, I mean, she's gonna commit a ton of errors. But if she's on, like she was last night, she's gonna hit a ton of winners with that strategy. So, like, I mean, she can beat anyone if she's on. It, it was a heck of a match. Exactly. I think that's why your your under the radar value pick, even if it was wrong a couple times, gets credit because she, she's got like a a very high ceiling. But yeah, she's like, I guess she's playing with a lot of risk out there. So it's not. Maybe it seems silly when you pick her and then she's out in the second round or something, but uh, she, she right. showed it off. And she's going to have Coco tomorrow. 
Yeah, that will be. So I got that on my list of uh, great matches to watch going forward. That's right there at the top. That's going to be a heck of a match. The other thing Ostapenko does well is like she really uh, doesn't allow her opponent to get into a rhythm. So at, at one point in the in the third set, the broadcast team was saying that uh, the average rally length in that match was under three shots per rally. So she's getting out of points quickly. Like she's going for winners, like off the serve many times. So it's a, uh, I mean, Ego was just kind of out of sorts in that second and third set. Like couldn't find any rhythm. Is she going for winners off the first and second serve? Oh yeah. Off the first serve. She's like trying to return winners. Like, I mean, she's taking hacks even at first serves. And if she's going to want to play with that much, <clears throat> just dominance and control, I'm guessing she can't afford to lose her serve too often. And, and maybe she didn't. I was like half asleep on the plane watching this. <laughs> there was actually, that's funny you say that she did. Uh, she lost her serve a few times. Like she got broken a few times, but she would break right back. Like, so I, I would say like uh, in that third set, uh, it, it might've been like the, the returner won more games than the server. I think I could be wrong about that, but a lot, a lot of breaks in that match. Got it. I see. Well, I think what we should do is just go down each bracket, the women's and the men's, and kind of talk about the path that everybody's taken here and then what the matchups look like. So I'm, I'm willing to start with Ostapenko. If you, if you have any deeper uh, admiration and analysis you want to get into for Yelena, the Latvian hammer. <laughs> the Latvian hammer. We contemplated opening this episode with the Latvian national anthem. Uh, got I was I was gonna warm up my uh, vocal vocal pipes, but that didn't happen this morning. But yeah, I'm I'm happy for her. So yeah, that's really all I've I've got for Ostapenko. Let me look at her uh, her path to the quarters. So she she is the 20 seed, so it's, she's not completely out of nowhere. Right. Did beat uh, Bernarda Pera in the round before facing Iga. American up and comer. Um, we talked about seeing if one of that one of those women was gonna make a little run here. I, I think there is. I think we might have that answer. We're gonna keep going down. Um, so did you? You didn't wake up and warm up the vocals, but you did learn the entire Latvian national anthem. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that, but I, I did. I honestly did listen to it once. <laughs> <laughs> did you listen on uh, on YouTube or Spotify? Oh, oh, YouTube. YouTube, baby. <clears throat> We're going coffee over here. So I'm doing... <laughs> this is going to drive intern Cole crazy, but a uh, little background <laughs> noise. Getting the beans out. Hey, I love it. You uh, grind your own beans? Yeah, I got to have the fresh beans every day. Take a listen. Excellent. Excellent. Because <laughs> I got the French press, Jeff. <laughs> I like that. As do I. So, um, this this match, it probably is, well, we'll see if this is true, because I haven't definitely been, as always, watching Coco really closely and seeing who she's going to end up playing against. The reason I knew it was Ostapenko right away is because, of course, she's has a little bit of a rivalry developing with between Coco and Iga Shiantek. Um Yeah. But so, so we knew, and we saw it, and we maybe even talked about it in the preview episode, that they would match up in the quarterfinal. And so knowing that that's who took out Fiatek, I'm saying, well, that's going to be Asapenko and Coco. Um, 
what what a draw for Coco. I mean, she's Louise. She has she had Wozniacki to beat. She yeah. had little Mira and Driva. I mean, and now there's an upset, and she still ends up with Ostapenko on the other side. <laughs> that's uh that's I like that you laid that out like that. That is a tough road with. I mean, I wouldn't want to play on Dreva if you're a if you're like a top player. I mean, she's she's got a, a, an interesting game. She could knock off some higher seeds. She could upset you. Wozniacki, of course, Grand Slam champion, 2018 uh, Australian Open champion. Took a few years off, had a couple kids, came back. She's she's currently ranked in the 600s. Uh, got into the U.S. Open as a wild card, and I texted you earlier in the week. I saw her playing, and I was like, "Wasniacki's going to be a tough out in yeah. this tournament." And she ended up taking Coco to uh, to three sets. So, it, yeah, I mean that's a, I mean that's really good match for Coco there to come back in the third set. And I do have one of the one of the bets I lost this weekend was uh, <laughs> it was a bad beat, man. So I took a. Uh... <laughs> If, in case you're interested in this, no, I, 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 you're, you're laughing about it already. <laughs> oh man! So I took uh, game spread Wozniacki plus four and a half games against Coco yesterday. So Coco wins the first the first set six three. We're already down three games. I'm worried this isn't going to hit. Anywho, second set happens. Wozniacki wins 6-3. We're back at even. I've got plus four and a half games. All Wozniacki has to do is lose 6-2 in the, in the third set, and I win this bet. She loses 6-1, but, but she, she Coco had served the first game in the third set. Wozniacki breaks her. Right. She, she goes up one nothing. Breaks breaks Coco's serve. I'm cracking champagne. I'm cracking. <laughs> I'm cracking bush cookies. I'm putting my feet up. Just kidding. They were already up. I'm calling everyone I know. Uh, I'm ready to. I'm. I'm on Spirit Airlines booking a trip to Vegas, and then Coco rattles off six games in a row. Yeah, Unbelievable. You, you figured they'd be giving you like a, like a DraftKings trophy or something, or like bringing you up <laughs> to the VIP lounge. Right. I'm ready to go to the high rollers room. Well, they'll invite me out to their headquarters. Uh, not the case. And I, so I actually, it was a $40 bet. I ended up cashing out at one point for $40.94. So I actually won 94 cents. I cashed out before the match ended. Uh, but I could have cashed out for like 70 at one point. And I was like, no, we're going to wait. Uh, so a friend of mine had made the same bet. So we were like watching the match together uh, via FaceTime. And we're, <laughs> he was trying to get me to cash out earlier because, like, uh, in that in that final game, it was like every point that was won was like the cash out money was changing, and I was like, no, no, let's wait. She might win this game. <laughs> so yeah, that was a bummer, but I guess we didn't lose any money. At least we cashed out in enough time. You gotta imagine uh, she's got no crowd behind her um, once she starts going down, and after that initial break, and then she, but she doesn't hold on to it um, and she starts seeing the direction that it's going. Maybe Wozniak is just losing steam and not, not even trying to pull that last game for you. Yeah, it, it was tough, man. <laughs> <laughs> that six games in a row, very impressive by Coco though. And she did not look that great in the second set. So credit to her for uh, coming back and pretty much dominating that third set, especially after getting broken in the first game. Yeah. How, how do you think Coco's playing it? Uh, and how does it make you feel about your prediction of her winning the whole thing? Uh, so I like 
I like Coco a lot to win this tournament. Uh, let's look at the draw here. So, no, so Iga's gone. Okay, Ostapenko is going to be a really tough match. If she gets by Ostapenko, she's got Cerstea or Muhova. I think she beats either of them. Uh, and I'm looking at, I guess, Ons Jabur is still in the field. Sabalenka as well. So, I, I mean... I like Coco. I know after that uh, Wozniacki match, Chrissy Everett was saying uh, she thinks Coco is going to win this tournament. So, uh, I mean, so Coco, she's gone to three sets a couple times, right? So far this week. I could be wrong. Oh, yeah. I've got her dropped one to Mertens as well. Mertens, yeah. So she's she's battle tested. She's like faced some adversity already. She's come back. Uh, So she won that third set in the Mertens match 6-0 so she's been dominating third sets if it goes to three but uh yeah I like Coco a lot to win this um she's just playing with a ton of athleticism she's an amazing defender um which helps in these long in these three setters uh and it seems like she just likes to go get to the net a lot and get or or to get herself a lot of overheads you know just kind of start pushing the other person back 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 um, right. Until she yeah. kind of just dominate the point. That's right. Yeah. She's, uh, man, she's like just really fun to watch. And obviously, we've talked about this. She's had a had a good summer leading up to this. And uh, fun to see her game evolve. I feel like she's like uh, kind of a different player than she has been in the past. I think she's gotten much better. So, and she's still what, 19? Yeah, I think 19. <laughs> still, still a team just... star. That's just crazy, man. Um, Wozniacki uh, did take out Jen Brady. That's my last shout-out for this section of the bracket, uh, who, you, who you said was, was looking pretty good, and she took out uh, the 24 seed Magda Lynette. You said she had a big forehand. Yeah, Jen Brady's like a former former top 10 player. I believe she played in Aussie Open final. So she's like – I mean, her and Pagula are like good friends, and they were kind of like neck and neck for a while. Pagula's ranked like, what, third or fourth? So – that's uh, Jen Brady's could be right there up with her, I think. She's obviously coming back from really uh, uh, pretty drastic injury issues. She's missed like almost a year and a half. So she's working her way back. And, yeah, happy to see her playing well. All right. You ready to move on? I'm on the next matchup. Okay. Here's who Muhova uh, ha- has on the other side here. So as a reminder – um, God, it's hard to remember, but it, I know that we kind of learned about learned Muhova's name this year because she, I think she was unseated and made it to a final of one of the tournaments. Yeah, she she go to the final in Canada or maybe maybe Cincy. But I think it was in a slam where she like she maybe made a big run to a semi or a final, and we didn't oh, know who it was. Could be. Gotcha. All right. We'll do it live. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll Google in the background here. I'll see how she did. Um, while I'm also saying, yeah, okay. So so she went she went to the final of the French. Oh wow! Okay. She lost to Ego in the final of the French. Um, now who she? So that's that's where we came up with her name, and now she's the ten seed. So she must have again kind of played well. Since then, because she was on yeah, one. I know, I know she went deep in either Canada or Cincy too. So yeah, she's been playing well. So here's who's up, who, here's who she's got to deal with. Um, Soroana Cersei is not someone that I think we've talked about at any point 
in the first season of the podcast yet. She beat in the last round my under the radar value pick that I was excited about, Belinda Bencic, the fifth yeah. seed, who had made it to the third. I, I don't know if that makes it a good pick for me. Um, she had beaten <laughs> Rabakina, Yelena Rabakina, the the round before that. She she's on a little tear here. What's going on with this girl? So we're talking that's Sir Stea beat Rabakina. Sir Sir Stea. Yeah, of Romania. Okay, that's a heck of a win over Rabakina. I, to be honest with you, I have not seen Cerstea play at all this week. She's obviously, I mean, she's the 30 seed. She's a name that's out there. Uh, I have not seen her play, but that's a heck of a win over Rabakina. And then over Bencic, who I know you like. So, yeah, that's, I mean, two really solid players. Bencic has been around for a long time. So she's on to face Mohova in the quarters. That'll be a good match. Mohova's kind of uh, not a big power player like some of the other, like Ostapenko and Coco are just all power. Uh, Mohova's kind of a, you know, she has a lot of variety, plays a lot of different shots. So that's like if if uh, we see Ostapenko, if, if Mohova is able to beat Sustea and we see Ostapenko or Coco play Mohova, that would be an interesting match, kind of a contrast of styles. Yeah, I guess that uh, – that... Austin Pango Coco thing is going to be who can do their own style better, and then yeah, maybe you'll get the contrast after that. Right, and th- and they played once this year in Australia, and Austin Pango beat beat Coco, so that's uh that's interesting. I think they're one in one uh, lifetime against each other, so that'll be a heck of a match. Shout out Romania. Um, you know, what I was wondering about is in other countries, you know, they have different like sports palettes. Like we in in the United States, we like football, basketball, baseball, hockey probably in that order um in other countries it's totally different australia it'd be like cricket rugby soccer or something you know what i mean it'd be totally different right so in some of these countries where there's like maybe you see one play one tennis player from from there like romania i have mm-hmm. no idea in some cases whether that's like a huge thing for them and this country has tennis in their top five sports they care about or like they don't care at all and this just happens to be a random Romanian who, who made it this far. Right. That's a great point. I, uh, I don't know. The only, uh, the only point or uh, point I can make on that is I remember when, uh, I believe his name's Rocco Molinari from Italy. He like won a major on the PGA tour. And, uh, they were asking him about like what kind of a feedback he was getting from fans back home. And he was saying like, oh, I don't know if they're watching. Like if Ferrari won today, they probably don't know anything about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see it. It's okay. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll figure it all out when we tour the world. <laughs> I'm on the bottom of the women's draw, and I'm at the point where we don't have our quarterfinal matchups yet. Uh, they'll be set today. Um, I'm sad to miss some of these American women, but here is uh, the girl who ended up making a run that – that I predicted it'd be somebody. I mean, it wasn't that hard a prediction. There's, I was like, how many U.S. men and women? I think there's 16 men. You know, maybe there was a, a similar amount of women in the draw from the U.S. Mm-hmm. Payday, Peyton <laughs> Stearns, uh, looking at the quarterfinal here, but but she's got a tough one against Vondrasova, the defending Wimbledon champion. Yeah, and I don't know much about Peyton Stearns. I believe she played college tennis at the University of Texas. I uh, I have not seen her play at all. Uh, I know, yeah, you. Uh, I saw you posting about her on our uh, on their social media. So I I have not really much to say about her, but heck of a run for uh, 
into the fourth round of a major. Let's see. What is she? She's must be unseated. Did she come through the qualifying? Oh, I can't tell anymore because ESPN's got me here on the bracket with the C's, but it doesn't have the little Q's. Or the, oh, gotcha. The, the one bracket I found at one point had the W's and L's to explain <laughs> who was the lucky loser and who actually did really well in the qualifiers. Okay, gotcha. So she is ranked 59th, so she's not super low. So she wouldn't have come through the qualifying, I guess, if she's 59. But I, I would have guessed she was lower than that, but... Good for her. Katie Katie Bolter, she beat her in the third round, so it's a tough opponent. Yeah, Katie she's, uh, Bolter yeah, put it together, isn't she? Yeah, she's uh, she's kind of becoming a favorite of mine, I think, Katie Bolter. Well, I, I think we already mentioned it, but she's dating Alex Damonar, who I, who I think is also still playing. So they kind of, as a couple, yep. had a much, much better tournament than everybody's favorite, Sissadosa. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So did uh, did Paula Bedosa? Did she play at all, or did she she had to retire due to injury? Yeah, she she stepped out before the first round. Okay, that's what I thought. And then uh, Sitsipas kind of got upset there early on. Oh yeah, we're gonna get to a couple of men's upsets for sure. Um, <laughs> we better I better scroll back far enough in the bracket to figure out where Sakari fell out here. Maybe you remember, but um, have we have we already missed that part of the bracket? Uh possible i don't remember man she's just had a bad year huh yeah that's that's tough let's let's track her down here um yeah she she lost to <laughs> rebecca mazarova from spain wow first round yeah that's that's tough Number 71. She lost in the next round. So that's about the story of Zachary there. Um, but we should cover. We should remember. I mean, it's like when we watch so much and there's so many different matchups, we lose track of these things by the time we talk, even just in the middle here. But uh, that is true. There's like so many things like uh, a couple of days ago, I was like, oh, that'd be great for the pod. And I've, I've already forgot them. <laughs> we love it. We, we love a bracket. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so I was just going to say, so Peyton Stearns is playing uh, Vondrasova in the fourth round, who's the uh, reigning Wimbledon champ. So right. that'll, that'll be a tough one. Vondrasova's played very well after Wimbledon as well. So that's going to be a really tough, tough match for Peyton Stearns. That's one of my matches to watch going forward. And like you said, we're at this weird, we're like uh, halfway through the fourth round. So there's actually 12, 12 players still alive on the men's and women's side. Right. Right. rather than like 16 or 8 so <laughs> kind of weird there I know it, it I guess tonight would be the perfect time to do it but uh it'll be good to knock it out although I do have to I do have to go to brunch in like 20 minutes so we're going to rock through the men's side <laughs> um <laughs> Jess Pagula um again just kind of un, always kind of under the radar she's not, she's a 3 seed no nobody's getting that hyped about her um she's pretty just like mellow I think people really like the doubles thing with her and Coco but um she got through Svitolina, huge. Um, she's she's probably thinking. I mean, we're all talking about Coco. She's got to be thinking like that. This might be her time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a tough matchup with Madison Keys. Obviously, those two are really good friends. I just feel like that'd be so weird playing someone that you're good friends with. But yeah, that's that'll be a it'll be some fireworks in that match tonight uh, with Keys Pagula. Well. You're gonna to get to see Stern. I mean, Stearns is on in an hour. That Peyton Stearns von yeah. match, and then it'll be followed right up with Keys and Pagula. I wish we got to see this one. Honestly, um, I, I do like Madison Keys a lot. Um, 
but the Williams sisters were playing against each other in slam finals. Yeah, How that's just that wild. Be? That's so wild. <laughs> so we got, we'll have at least two, possibly three American women in the quarters. So Coco already in the quarters. Stearns has got a chance. And then we're guaranteed to have either uh, Madison Keys or Pagula as they're playing each other in the fourth round. So that's a nice showing. Yeah, that's a really good showing. We have a, we have a great showing on the men's side, too. Um, yes. Live through it. On's the Minister of Happiness. Um, <laughs> she's, again, kind of making her way uh, consistently to far points in the tournament. Right, yeah. She just keeps plugging away. She's uh, she's a great player. And she's so we got down on this part of the bracket, Ons and Sabalenka. I guess Kazakina is a, or Kazakina is a 13 seed, so she's she's dangerous. And Zhang's a 23 seed. So so some good players here on this portion of the bracket. Uh I think I like uh man, I just think Ons is gonna break through at some point one of these majors and win one. Hopefully, uh maybe she'll do it this this week. Sabalanka's last big run, um, her first and only slam title was on hard court at the Australian Open. It's not like she's really done a lot of faltering this year um, mm-hmm. so should Ons run into her um, if I mean we'll see what happens tonight with Kasakina. Um, that's this is an exciting little corner of the bracket and I don't think we've talked about Zhang at all right. have you gotten a chance to watch I have not seen her play at all this week she must be having a good year because I don't I think we haven't talked to her because I don't think I've seen this number next to her name all that often yeah, so yeah, she must be having a good year to be the twenty three seed for sure. We gotta we gotta show Jiang some love on the next episode. Yeah, and I another thing I wish I could just pull up in an instant here is like um a little um ranking chart, you know? Oh sure. Be great. <laughs> that would be. I believe I did hear with Iga losing last night, no matter what happens the rest of the tournament, I believe Sabalenka will be the world number one after the tournament's over. Got it. Yeah, these these later rounds have huge amounts of points. Um, okay, so I'm excited to watch. Uh, I'm going to be rooting for Sabalanka. She's won me over, even though she's uh, from enemy territory. Um, <laughs> she spoke now against her own, you know, nation. So it's not like she's one of the bad guys, but I, <laughs> she's totally won me over. Um, Kasakina. Right, hot girlfriend. That's okay. what I heard from social media. I didn't know that. So this is an exciting corner. <laughs> oh, and some some firepower, man. Sabalenka goes for the power shots, and Jabor is like all about the drop shots. Could be a little contrast in styles there if, if those two meet. I I almost feel like I've seen them play like in a final or a semi or something. Let's let's pull up their. Uh, Sort of like, yeah, they're they're H two H. WTA's got the website for me. Right on. Four to two, Sabalanka. Okay. Can I see when these were? Oh, here's court. Oh, Wimbledon semi this year. That's who Jabir oh. had to get through to go. Oh wow. Okay. Wimbledon quarter in the past. Wow. So Jabir, again, I'm wondering if she has what it takes because. She's lost two, maybe three finals. She gets through Sabalenka to get there um, at her favorite tournament where she loves playing at Wimbledon and then gives it over to Vondrasova, who now, we know is awesome now, but we didn't know who she was really at the time. 
Right, right. Anyway, we'll see how that pans out. You got any more women? I know you have lists. I know you have uh, ones to watch, favorites. Um, we got to switch over to men. Right, yes. Really good tournament for the American men. So I got, okay, first time in 13 years, we had four American men to the round of 16 at the U.S. Open. Three American men in uh, into the quarterfinals for the first time since 2005. How about that? Who do you think was in there in 2005? Roddick. Gotta be, gotta, yeah, gotta be Roddick. Uh, man, maybe a Marty Fish. R- M- Michael Chang. Could be. Could be. That's a great question. Maybe an old, old Agassi. I actually, that might have been the year. So, like, Agassi played James Blake, two Americans. I feel like that was like maybe in the quarters and it was like a big match. So, maybe it was Roddick, Agassi, James Blake. Got it. Interesting. Um, well, this is kind of a this is kind of a disservice uh, because I I gotta go so soon. But you know what? <laughs> you know what? Billie Jean King anniversary. The men are getting a little bit less on this podcast. We're zipping through them. <laughs> Djokovic has lost a couple sets. He had to go to five uh, yeah. against a fellow countryman, Djer, D-J-E-R-E. Yeah. Um, is Djokovic faltering? Does Taylor Fritz have any shot here in this match? So, yeah, Djokovic was down 0-2 in that match. Like you said, had to go to five sets. After the second set, took a bathroom break and uh, apparently looked in the mirror and had to find himself, I guess. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, I think Taylor's got a shot, man. I think, I, I don't know. Djokovic has, like, that one year where he was just, like, dominating everyone, like, winning everything. He was like he would often lose the first set in matches that year. So like I don't know if we can read much into him losing dropping sets, but I think Fritz has got a chance. Fritz has been playing really well. He beat Stricker in straight sets. Stricker had a nice run, by the way. So I think Fritz, uh, he's got a shot, man. I, that'll be a good match to watch. Uh, I watched Fritz bring everything that he had against Nadal in that. Um in that Wimbledon matchup where Nadal then ended up retiring, sending Kyrgios straight to the final. Um, so uh, watching that one, I didn't think Fritz was, you know, intimidated by the the, mm. go- the GOAT status. I think he was just overwhelmed by how good Nadal was playing. I think he's ready for this kind of match. Um, he has not dropped a set yet. He's the only uh, men's player left who has not dropped a set. That's interesting. Um, That's good insight. I don't think I see it anybody – seated over here that he's that he's had to go up against um because of there's basically this little um upset corner where stricker beat sissipas and then uh bonzi beat eubanks okay those two fate those were like the spoilers matchup there that stricker won in five and then uh fritz took care of stricker right right okay so I think I think Fritz has got a chance, man. That'll be a good one to watch. He's he's a top ten player now. You've got it in my head about um, can Djokovic go five with Alcaraz? That's a, that's a whole other echelon. But um, <laughs> I don't know. It made me think a little bit that if Fritz can be kind of on the jump and take a first set, and now it's going to, you know, is it going in Djokovic's mind? He's got to go at least four. Is it, is that a huge thing for him to get out early and, and start to? stretch the match out i think uh i think he's perfectly comfortable dropping a set early on honestly like 
I think he uh, he has no panic in him or his box. I have like noticed this tournament. He seems to be like yelling at his box a lot, so that's interesting. Uh, but I, I don't think there's much excuse me much panic in uh, in him if he drops a set. I'm thinking he's comfortable going four or five. That's a good point. Okay, more friendly fire. Um, Shelton's got two Americans in a row. He beat Tommy Paul. Uh, great win. Uh, I think we should just take a sec. I mean, good tournament for Tommy Paul. He's got a yeah. like eleven year old fan who's like his yeah. white man. What's the what's that kid's deal? Eddie from Brooklyn. So yeah, he's uh he's like <laughs> Tommy Paul's hype man. I believe Tommy Paul signed his chest. Uh yeah, so he like gets the crowd going. So this I watched the entire Tommy Paul Shelton match, probably my favorite match of the week that I was able to see. Uh, you can hear this kid, Eddie from Brooklyn, like, uh, let's go, Tommy, let's go. And, like, gets the crowd into it. People start clapping. Like, <laughs> it's it's great, man. And, like, I, I texted you this yesterday. I, I mean, that match deserved to be under the lights, man. That was great atmosphere. Like, I don't know, two Americans on home soil. Ben Sheldon was – dude, he's electric, man. So he hit, he hit two – 149 mile per hour serves in the same game, Huge. The same same service game. So the the fastest serve on record at the U.S. Open is 152, which is by Andy Roddick back in the day. So one 149 right there. I mean, Sheldon's just like electric. He like gets into it uh, with the grunt, with the grunting, with the commands, with the yeah. Like, dude, I love when he like when he wins a point. He's just like yeah. <laughs> He is super fun to watch. Tommy Paul, man, competitor, didn't go away. He, like, looked really bad. Like, second half of the second set was dealing with, uh, I think he kind of had a sore knee issue. Like, beginning of the third set, Tommy wasn't looking too good. And then completely turned it around, and, like, he won that third set. Just a competitor. No uh, no sense of, like, giving up at all. That was a, a heck of a match. I thought it deserved to be in prime time at night. But I guess you don't bump Novak Djokovic. I guess you don't, whatever. Um, but <laughs> under the lights, quality, 100% agree. Listen, these, this is kind of like was the coolest matchup of two characters on the men's side. Like, these guys both seem like they'd, like, be awesome to hang with. They're both, like, pretty handsome <laughs> dudes uh, and, like, c- kind of got a, a style about them. There wasn't a better outfit-on-outfit matchup that I've seen in this tournament <laughs> maybe this year because the New Balance is doing really great with Tommy Paul's yeah. got, like, that sort of border around his his uh, t-shirt, like like collar neckline. Yeah, Very that cool. is a good look. Yeah. And the ons uh, gear with the ombre. Yeah. The the vertical ombre. I mean, it looks sick. They look they both yeah. look great. And yeah, they bring a lot of energy. Um, and that serve. Uh, so so Shelton, if you watch it in slow mo, and the commentators talk about it a little bit. His knee, he bends his knees an unbelievable amount so that he can spring up and hit that huge serve. Yeah, he's he's incredible. The torque, that coil he gets on the serve, unreal. And he, uh, so he's, uh, let's see, I had something in my notes about him. So Chris Eubanks was, uh, he did that broadcast, the play by play with uh, Patrick McEnroe that match. Oh, he's great. phenomenal, man. He's excellent. He's got the goods. I'm, I'm a huge Chris Eubanks fan. Uh, and they, so they were saying, this is what I was going to mention. Um, so Shelton, obviously, his first year, uh, first year uh, permanently on the ATP tour, 
He's gone to two major quarterfinals. He went to the quarters in Australia and now in the quarters in at the U.S. Open. So pretty incredible for he's 20 years old, first year on tour. Um, and he – so they had mentioned he really struggled this summer between Australia and the U.S. Open. He really didn't play well. I think at one point uh, he went like several months without winning two matches in a row. Hmm. So, like, he really was not going deep into tournaments, struggled a bit. I mean, you're, you're going to expect that out of a 20-year-old first year on tour type of guy. But, yeah, credit to him for a pretty amazing go to two quarterfinals and slams your first year on tour. He said in an interview, uh, it's a lot of the time, first time I've been in these tournaments. It's a lot of the first time I've been in any of these countries. Yeah, he had to get a passport. First time he'd been out of the country was this year. First time, first time he played on clay. Or grass was this year. Oh my god! So, yeah, incredible. Florida Gators singles <laughs> champion of a, just uh, just last year, I think. Yeah, incredible. All right, I got about five minutes. Um, this one's easy. Alcaraz is uh, he, he's Dan Evans. Dan Evans has embraced the bald. He's a funky looking British guy, but he's starting <laughs> to get a look together for himself, um, which is exciting. Nothing. Nothing to be done about the teeth. Um, Alcaraz uh, did take him out, though. He's got an unseated Arnaldi against him. He's going to the quarterfinal, right? Uh, I think that's a safe bet, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not taking Arnaldi over Alcaraz. Uh, so he's going to run it to his kryptonite, potentially, Jan yeah. Sinner, if he can handle Zverev. That's right, and that's I think that's a big if. I think Zverev's playing really well. So uh, Sinner's Zverev might be... Best match of the tournament so far. Okay, uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, six six seed v twelve seed. Obviously, Zverev's coming off an injury. He's been like a top five guy in the past, so that that's uh, going to be a heck of a match. We got Medvedev Demonar tonight. That'll also be a great match. Two guys that uh, it's very hard to hit winners against them. They're both kind of backstops. Don't let a ball by them. So that'll be interesting. But yeah, you, to your point, Sinner has been Alcaraz's kryptonite, and a possible matchup between those two in the quarters. Obviously, we still have the Alcaraz Djokovic final on the table. Both of them are still alive, so that would just be electric if that happened. It would be. Oh, you know what I was going to say when we were going back to Fritz is that I think that might be the extra juice that Djokovic needs. Should it get really competitive, he might be. He might be sitting there going, "I can't let Alcaraz go be in that final with somebody else. Like I, I got to get there." <laughs> yeah, could be, man. Definitely, that's a, that's a great point. And I, we got to mention uh, Tiafo playing well. He's into the quarters, so he uh, it'll be Tiafo Shelton. You're right. I skipped Tiafo entirely. <laughs> Tiafo Shelton quarterfinal matchup that will be a hell of a match. Obviously, two crowd favorites. The crowd is like really embraced Tiafo. They're starting to embrace Shelton. Like that's going to be a nuts match. Both like very powerful players, big, big forehands. So that'll, that'll be a good one. Total business like from Tiafo and Fritz, um, the, the high yeah. ranked American players, um, just kind of getting through. I don't think a uh, similar situation. I, I think Fritz got a nice couple upsets behind him. Uh, I don't know. Tiafo had to play Manorino, who I know has played pretty good on hard court. We talked about in the yeah. last couple of months, but uh, he, he's much a just tough out. business. Yeah, and Rublev's still alive. He'll play Jack Draper, one of the surprises of the tournament. Big six foot four lefty British man, Jack Draper, kind of an up and coming young player. Uh, he's he's had some issues with his fitness in the past. Seems to be in good shape now, playing really well. 
into the fourth round here at the U.S. Open. He's uh, facing off against Rublev today. Like the Brits, I think you know there are there are allies uh, of and our our former sort of like patriarchal nation. Uh, and I also think from a tennis perspective, I bet they kind of just feel similar. They they kind of have a, a crowd of guys that are promising, but maybe haven't uh, had that had that champion since Murray and are kind of waiting on the next era and don't quite know where to look, but they, they have some hope. Yeah, definitely. They've got some up-and-coming kind of young-ish players, Jody Burridge and uh, and Katie Bolter on the women's side. So, yeah, they they should be fun to watch for a few years. Exactly. So, so it's cool to see Bolter have a nice tournament. Um, Jack Draper making a statement here. Uh, and opportunity to make a, a huge, huge statement um, playing playing Rube left today. Uh, he beat Michael Moe. Good tournament for him as well. Yeah, good run for Michael Moe. Good call there. Got to give Moe some love. So Moe, did Moe get to the third round? He got to he got to the third round. He uh, and he he ended John Isner's career. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was very emotional. Uh, on court interview afterwards. Yep. So Isner now retired from singles, and uh, Jack Sock also retired from singles. Last matchup we have to talk about: Katie Bolter's beau, Alex Damonar from Australia. He's up to a 13 seed. He was not yeah. uh, up there at the beginning of this season, so he's had a good year. Um, he's got Medvedev, who an- another. There's so much turnover and excitement that it, it is fun to talk about the up and comers, and especially when someone like Alcaraz comes out last year. To you know, not out of nowhere, but we feel like we're doing a lot of looking ahead. But this is a um, recent Slam winner. This is a huge high seed. Is Medvedev yeah. thinking about like why, why aren't I in this conversation about Alcaraz and Djokovic? Hmm. Good question. I'm sure he is. I we all know. Uh... How competitive you have to be to be successful at the highest level. So I'm sure, I'm sure they're all uh, they're all super competitive. They got egos. Egos sometimes is a, is a good thing. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure he wants his name to be mentioned up there with uh, Joker and Alcaraz for sure. That'll be be a heck of a match. Like we said to the Medvedev Demonar match. I mean, uh, two two backstops hard to hit a ball by him. So that should be a good one. We got a lot of length over in this corner of the bracket. Just some, some stretchy <laughs> dudes. Yeah, Zverev, Medvedev, uh, yeah, Draper, man, Sinner. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, do you do you want to tell us about the Medvedev post match interview? <laughs> man, he's got he's good for a soundbite. Man, he is so funny. So I I don't even know if I can explain it, but he uh, uh, was it Pam Shriver was interviewing him. And he, at the very end, so he kind of like sarcastically thanked the crowd for not uh, cheering between first and second serve, which we know that he hates. He's had <laughs> he, he's had issues with the U.S. Open crowd in the past. Uh, I believe he apologized at one point. So he's kind of got like a love-hate relationship with the U.S. Open crowd. Uh, and I, I think this is, I think it's good for tennis. He, him kind of joking around with the crowd keeps things interesting. But he, uh, at the very end of his interview, uh, he mentioned like a guy in the crowd and he said, I don't know if he has a girlfriend or wife, but his girlfriend or wife will have trouble sleeping tonight because this guy's so keyed up and he's yelling like, vamo, 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 or something <laughs> like that. So Medvedev said this in his like on-court interview 
if you haven't seen it, check it out on YouTube. It's like, I was, I actually happened to be watching live and like just burst out laughing out loud. It was like one of the funnier things I saw from the tournament this week. Probably the funniest thing. Yeah, he really kind of like plays the grouch in a fun way. He, <laughs> yeah, he's always mad definitely. at the ump. He's always mad at the crowd. Uh, yeah, he, he loves loves that villain role. And but he but he has a sense of humor about it. Did, were they in that match? Were they rooting against him? Because it's not—he wasn't playing an American or anything like that. No, who was he playing in that match? Uh, I don't think they were like really rooting against him at all. Uh, oh, is Baez from Argentina? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think anything like happened in that match that upset him. I don't think, just, other just than the sheer noise of it all. <laughs> right? Maybe that one guy was bothering him. Apparently, it, he he. Felt like he had to mention in his interview. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the one other thing I had was uh, we got Brad Gilbert pulling double duty. Now uh, coaching Coco Goff. So as soon – I was actually watching this live. As soon as Coco's match ends, he uh, is changing clothes, and he is just a few minutes later interviewing players in the tunnel as part of the ESPN broadcast. Obviously he's been a coach in the past. He's been on the ESPN broadcast team for years, pulling double duty at this year's U S open. And you know what? He's doing quite well because everybody's happy with Coco's <laughs> performance. And I, I love when it's him and the English guy, they kind of have a little rapport. Oh yeah. They're hilarious. Yep. And he calls him, he calls him BG. He's like, Oh yes, BG. We might look for that next. <laughs> So maybe this is a conversation for another episode, but I got to be honest with you. If I'm a player and he's my coach, I don't want him on the on the broadcast team. Like I want him completely locked into what we're doing. Like I want if I got a question for him, like I want to be able to text him or call him and he can respond immediately and not have to like, you know, be on the broadcast, can't respond right away. So I mean obviously, you know, Coco would have known, they would have communicated that he would have he would be doing a tv as well so i mean it's not like she's surprised but i don't know if i if i'm a player on tour i want my coach to be completely locked into what we're doing yeah i guess the only thing i think in opposition to it is like something that coco has said in the past is she really likes she she used to just be focused on singles when she was like making her name and and getting her seed and uh it sort of was like a wear and tear mentally to, to be so nervous about your matches all the time. And it was a huge help to her to add doubles. And mm. I don't know if she's playing mixed, but she's, she said that like she felt so much better kind of playing every single day. And they're like, aren't you tired? And she's like, no, on the contrary, um, it's good to just be kind of always playing as opposed to staring at this bracket and waiting the whole day and being all freaked out about your next match. So maybe in the spirit of just like, hey, let's go do this tournament. Uh, in the Coco camp. Hmm. That's interesting. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know uh, how much sleep Brad's been getting this week, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> having to scout opponents, but very interesting. Yeah. Um, then my only other comment that I thought was funny about it is you imagine we're probably getting uh, for the American players. I mean, you got home cooking from the crowd and, probably the announcers are spending a little bit more time talking about them. And it's not like when you watch soccer and they're just rooting for one team, but uh, they're, they're inclined to root for one, one player uh, from their country, especially because they're all players from their country. A lot of them, but their coworker who they love, presumably 
I mean, don't you think they're just extra biased toward Coco? They want to see Brad and Coco doing well. That's like they're going to see him later, like at lunch. Right. That's a great point. Yeah. Maybe they're going easy on him a little bit and yeah, kind of cheering for Coco and Brad to do well. It's a great point. And I love uh, this year where they're kind of allowing a little bit of coaching. I love when the microphone picks up like words between the players in their box. I think that's super interesting. The box definitely has played a surprise role. They wanted to start allowing coaching to, you know, allow for strategic communication and and maybe just emotional support. But it plays this extra role of somebody to like blame shit on and scream at. Right. A lot of players use it that way, right? Yeah, definitely. And even Novak's doing that. Like, I mean, he's been, I'm like really surprised. Like he's been very irritated at times, like just screaming at his box. So (laughs) it's, yeah, it's all the young players. Like, I mean, obviously Novak's been on the tour for years and years. So he's like just getting used to the coaching aspect, which just came in like the, you can legally coach now. I guess everyone was doing it with hand signals illegally, but now you can actually do it. So, like, he's probably just getting used to it, and he's uh, still just, like, yelling at his box and stuff. So, And he's, like, a you know, I think of him as, like, a super poised guy, and, and he's going nuts. Cathartic. Yeah. Here's – okay, you get to do your uh, if I were on the tour moment with, with Coco and Brad Gilbert. Here, here's mine that I thought of, especially <laughs> as we talk about the boxes. Um, a lot of the players, especially the younger players – Anytime they do anything well, anytime they hit the big point, um, their head shoots back to their box. You know what I mean? They've been out with these coaches day in and day out. And they're like probably getting, you know, you remember having coaches, they scream at you and you're, you're kind of in a like approval reward system with them psychologically. So they, every time they score a big point, that's where they look to, to celebrate with. I would try to undo that in my head because it's it's much cooler when they're not always looking at that box and like just howling at the moon or to the whole crowd or something <laughs> is way more badass. That's that's what I would try to do. Okay, so you're not looking towards your box. No, I'm I'm finding I'm picking a new face in the crowd at, for every winner. That's love a, that. You know what I mean? Yeah, engage with the crowd. I love that. Get the crowd on your side, which is like a huge part of tennis, by the way. Um, I'm going tonight. Uh, Sophia, I'm sure would rather be catching Coco Golf, but I'll let her know that Sinner and Zvera best matchup of the tournament so far. She should be so lucky. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so you got you said you got Arthur Ashe tickets. So are you able to? So you'll be at Ashe. You're not. You're not uh, moving around to other other courts there. I think we're able to go to other ones with Arthur, Arthur Ashe tickets. Okay, excellent. I guess like this deep in the tournament, uh, there's probably not too many. They're probably all on Asher, uh, the other big court, uh, whose name's escaping me, Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong. I found out that it's named that just because he lived in the area for many years. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> He's a New York guy. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he ever went or he liked tennis or what, but that's the name. Yeah, okay. Aaron Rodgers was there yesterday, and they showed him a lot, by the way. He's making the he's making the rounds. He was at the yeah. Tony Awards. I think he was at a Knicks game a few months ago. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Football season. Happy Labor Day weekend, Joe. You ready for fall? 
I am, man. College football is back this weekend. I'm excited. I was just, I sat on my couch, like I said, and just watched football and tennis all weekend. We got the NFL kicking off uh, this Thursday. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm not a big summer guy. I'm ready for fall. Let's go. Weather uh, should be getting cooler, although it was like uh, 95 degrees this weekend. But, hey, it's it'll cool off at some point. Yep, it's going to be a hot one here today. I understand. Um, do you have the in-ground pool like Johnny Lou has at your place? <laughs> I do not, no. That's a bummer. I, uh, I could take cold showers, though. I've actually – oh, this is interesting. I've started taking cold – doing a couple minutes of cold uh, water at the end of my showers. Apparently, it's supposed to be, like, really good for you. How so? So, uh, psychologically, like, from – it's like a meditation thing where uh, – so you're like the ideal thing would be to like jump in a cold tub. You're supposed to do at least 12 minutes a week. I don't have a, I don't have a tub. So uh, I use just uh, turn it all the way to cold at the end of the shower for a few minutes. It's like a uh, uh, kind of a, like an overcoming adversity thing, like getting comfortable being uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable for a few minutes. Like, and then, you know, you're uh, it gets your, your blood circulation going. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's good for your mind, body and soul. It's supposed to turn white fats into brown fat. Apparently, brown fat is healthier. Like everyone who lives to be like a hundred years old has like a lot of brown fat and very little white fat. So it's supposed to be good for weight loss. Uh, and then, like from like yeah, the the mind and soul aspect, coming overcoming adversity uh, and, and all that. So it's uh, yeah, kind of being uncomfortable for a few minutes each day. And it supposedly, uh, you're it's like it releases this is what it is it so if you're in a cold tub you're supposed to do it with like ice water obviously i don't have that but if you do a cold tub for like three minutes it you get like six hours of dopamine or something like that so it's supposed to increase happiness uh and increase like your ability to get things done you're supposed to be super productive at work if you if you do this during your shower in the morning so yeah i uh learned all about it man Mind, body, soul, 12 minutes a week. Yeah. So I was at a bachelor party last weekend, and uh, one of the guys there was telling me all about it. He said he's been doing it for years. And (laughs) how many companies does he own? (laughs) I think he's doing very well. He's he's highly successful. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Even though fall is coming around to be a little bit chillier, I'm in on the uh, icy showers, icy baths. Um, that's, that's love means nothing. Everybody we'll enjoy the rest of the tournament. Yeah. It's going to be a good second week. All right. See you, Joe. All right. Thanks, man. See ya.